Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for dropping into another episode here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm joined by Russ Morgan. Um, Russ and I connected a few weeks ago, and I was really uh, interested in learning a little bit about his business and the services that they offer to their clients. So wanted to have him come on the podcast and, and give him a chance to share more about his company, Wealth Without Wall Street. So with that, Russ, thank you so much for joining us. Bro, Wes, man, grateful to be here. Um, an honor and definitely excited to share. Lo- love the name Path to Freedom, right? Like that's the that's the goal. We got to figure out what freedom is, define that, and then get on that path, right? Yeah, man. Well, and that's it's interesting that you say that because that's that's definitely something that I've I've learned over the years, right? Is freedom means different things to different people, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I know that's part of your process as well you know, when you engage with, with a new client, you know, a lot of it's very similar to what I do with, with the the people that I consult with, you know, first we got to sit down and really, you know, define a clear vision where, what are we working towards? So, um, you know, you guys are all about helping people create more passive income for themselves uh, and really just have a clear plan to accomplish financial freedom, which as we've just discussed, means different things to different people. So, you know, give us kind of the the 30,000 foot view. Uh, what does wealth without Wall Street help people accomplish? Because I, I love that name too. I think more and more in this day and age, people are realizing that there's a lot more ways to make money and invest money than just the traditional stick it away in a 401k not touch it till you're you know somewhere in your 60s and kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best yeah well i I think that's the frustration that we have is when it comes to money there's so many conflicting messages in the marketplace that sometimes it makes it difficult for us And I would even say, given that I have a financial background from Wall Street, so I was a certified financial planner for a number of years, man, that I think that some of that is actually pretty orchestrated. Like there's a reason why, you know, that we're kind of told to put our heads down, just go to work and hand our money off to somebody else and, you know, let let the experts, let the big boys play with it. And so for us, Wealth About Wall Street was designed to give people an opportunity one to define what financial freedom really is. I think mm-hmm. it, it's a lot clearer than what people have been uh, led to believe. It doesn't mean that you need to have you know seven figures in a four hundred one k. It doesn't mean that you have to have a paid off house, right? Like it doesn't mean you have to pay cash for everything. Financial yeah. freedom is actually defined by having more passive income, as you said in the intro, than you have monthly expenses. And you're riding down the road right now. You're running on the treadmill. 
I can help you this very second know how close to financial freedom you are by just doing that simple math. So if you have $1,000 a month coming in that you don't actively have to go to work for, and you have $10,000 a month in passive uh, in monthly expenses that happen every single month, then you're 10% of the way there, right? You take the left number and you divide it into the right number and you know exactly where you are. And when somebody can actually see that target, now that they can start making tangible progress toward the goal, right? Because when we're told, hey, I need to have $5.6 million in an account because if I take out you know, 3% of, of that each and every year, then I won't run out of money. But then that number changes next year when inflation goes up and taxes go up and, and the market goes down. Like I start getting a little bit nervous. When am I ever going to have enough? And if yeah. that, that's where people struggle. So our goal is to clarify that and to help people see that there's other ways. Yeah, I, I love the the kind of simplification of of looking at it and couldn't agree more as as someone that's, you know, kind of getting to a point where we've worked really hard over the last, you know, 10 years or so, you know, built some businesses, gotten to a point where we have more resources coming in. We don't have as much time as we used to, right? In the beginning, we had the time and the willingness to go work hard, but we didn't have as, as many resources yet. And and now we've kind of flip-flopped that. So we're at this point where it's like, you know, we don't have the bandwidth to go start another business, right? So mm-hmm. we've really got to get smart about how do we put our money to work for us and in, in a smart way. There's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of, you know, confusion. I would agree with you that some of it probably is, is intentional or orchestrated. Um, but, you know, looking at it in a more simplified way of, of something as simple as like, hey, you know, if you can get to the point where you have more money coming in each month that you're not trading your time for, then you have expenses like that's that's a really good goal to work towards. And it's pretty easy to figure out, as you pointed out, how close are you to that goal You know, today? Yeah, well, it, there's a, a, a guy in one of our masterminds that we follow, and he, he has a, a great saying. I don't know if it's his. I always uh, uh, accredited it to him, but he says, what you track grows and what you track and report on grows exponentially. Mm-hmm. And we've been taught in lots of things, like in our businesses, right? We're running successful businesses. We've been taught to track our profit, track the expenses, right? Track how much we're spending on labor, all, all the different cogs on in, in our deal. Like that's something we're taught to track. Maybe, maybe in health, right? Now we're, we got the MyFitnessPal apps. We've got the Whoop apps, right? Yeah. We're tracking all these different metrics as it relates to our health. What For what purpose? Is to enhance the, the benefits. Yeah. So if we will do the same thing with money, like we would be tracking the things that actually matter, like how much passive income do we actually have? It would help us know where we are in relationship to financial freedom. And so we run two different groups, uh, Wes, within our um, within our masterminds. That one is focused on getting to one hundred percent. One is focused on getting to two hundred percent. Yeah. And and we we send out a type form every single month to ask you where are you at in relationship to this, and what do you need to do next to level up. And I think that that accountability I know has helped us because we started yeah, no doing that and tracking that personally and started reporting it to the world, and uh, we've just seen it continue to grow. No question. I've, I've, I was telling you before we started recording this, you know, fitness program, I, I joined at the beginning of the year and there's a mastermind component, but you know, the, the coach that I have, which is, you know, kind of one-on-one, but it's, it's virtual. Like he's in the UK. 
but I, I have a little check-in form. It takes me 10 minutes every Sunday night, but just sitting down and doing it. And you mentioned my fitness pal, you know, I use that to track my nutrition and stuff, but you know, I go in and I look at my stuff for the week, like how close was I to my targets for, for the, you know, duration of that entire week and the accountability, but also just, I think the, the constant focus on it, um, it, it keeps you focused on the right things. And yeah, I mean, what, what better to do that with than your health and, and your finances? Totally. And you you said at the beginning, kind of figuring out what our why is, what does freedom mean for us? And when people in our world, one of the first things we're going to ask is like, what would financial freedom be able to give you? Or what is it costing you if you don't get there? Right? Yeah, and I think ultimately that just challenges us to start thinking bigger, right? You know, it's easy to say, oh, I if I had more money, I would just go on more vacations or I would work less or whatever. But what's the benefit of all of those things? And if you drill down to what that thing is, you find out what you're really missing or or what the opportunity really is ahead of you if you attain it. And I love it when somebody gets super clear on what that thing is, because now they become motivated. Now they become involved and it, you know, nobody's going to care about your money as much as you do, right? Like we're not in the business of manage money. I used to be in the managing money business. I mean, I love managing money because I got paid off all the money that people gave sure. us. Yeah. Right? But the, the thing about it is nobody's going to care about it as much as you do. So when you yeah. can get involved and you can get knowledgeable and experienced about what you're doing, then you can actually make a dent. So one of the key things I always like to say early on a podcast like this is that passive doesn't mean uninvolved. Right. To some level, you have to have an involvement, whether that is on the front end that you become so uh, knowledgeable and experienced or you do the due diligence, you figure out the operator. In some situations, you start the business and you turn it into a a passive business where other operators are running it. But at the beginning, you got to be involved in order to actually have it uh, pay off the way you want it to. Well, in, in my mind, that's that's the advantage to to this type of an approach compared to the the traditional approach of, you know, handing your money over to a, a financial advisor and, you know, putting it in a four. Because once you've done that, you really have no control or no input over what happens. So you're really, you know, at the mercy of all of these other variables that that you really have no ability to impact, whereas you know, whether it's a business or, you know, real estate, or, you know, you'll talk to us about some of the other types of, you know, more passive investments that that you guys can, can advise people on. Um, you've got the opportunity to, to really educate yourself so that, you know, you have the Im- input up front of, you know, hey, this is a good investment or it's not. Um, and then some are going to, you know, likely require more time you know, as they continue to grow than others. But uh, yeah, I think in my mind, that's the whole point of it, right? Is having more control over what's happening with your money. Well, here's the thing that somebody's thinking right now, they're saying, yeah, but I don't have the time, Wes. Like I'm full on in my business. It's requiring 60, 70, 80 hours. And the little time I have, I got to invest in my family, right? Like I go home and they're dying to get my attention because I'm always having to spend it in the business. So how am I ever going to do this? I have to hand it off. That's what we hear, right? Like that is, that is the challenge. And I'm not saying that that's not a challenge. You know, I, I own and run multiple businesses. I have four kids, you know, from 10 to 18. I know the challenges, right? I've, I've lived it. I've, I'm there. 
but also it wasn't until I figured out that I had to get my money in a place that I could control it to where I actually then started focusing on learning it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the thing we say is the biggest obstacle to becoming financially free is lack of access to cash. And the reason why that's so important is because when you don't have access to cash, doesn't mean you don't have money. I mean, you may have tons of money in 401k, you may have tons of money in equity in your house, tons of money in equity in your business. But if you don't actually have liquid cash, money that you put your hands on and take advantage of opportunity, you're never going to start learning. You're never going to start training yourself. You're not going to start doing deals. So you're not going to become a better investor. And you're always going to think, oh, it's super hard. I can't do it. But I think that's really more in line because you haven't put yourself in a position to have to do it because you don't have the ability to do it. Yeah, you can't take any reps. And so it's at least for me, and I, I imagine it's the same for a lot of people. It's a lot harder for me to learn something if it's just kind of theoretical and, and I'm reading about it and listening to it versus actually, you know, trying. So in, in this case, you know, actually taking a little bit of your money, putting it into real estate or, or whatever it may be, even if it's a small amount at first. So you're kind of minimizing your downside, like that's where the learning's going to happen. Um, and that's where it's going to really start to become real. And I know at least the way my mind operates, like that's where I start to build confidence to say, okay, this is something that I could really dig into and, and, you know, become educated and, and really do something impactful for, for me and the family. Yeah. Until you have the money and you, like you said, put in the reps, you don't have that visceral understanding that someone who does. And a, a lot of times too, when you, you're not taking the reps. You really are not seeing enough opportunities to know what a good deal looks like and what a bad deal looks like. You're just totally. seeing a deal and you're assuming it's good because it's the only deal that came across. Yeah, but if yeah. you're doing the reps, you're getting the opportunities. I was having a, a message uh, back and forth with one of our mastermind members. He was talking to me about deal flow. And I said, man, who are you letting know that you're looking for deals right now? Because when you start letting the world know that you're interested in deals, I promise you the flow will be there. Yeah. And then when the flow's yeah. there, you're going to see so many deals. Like Warren Buffett is saying, is like, man, I see, I see a hundred deals. My hardest job is saying no to 99. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and so the key is, is that you got to know what a good deal looks like or a bad deal looks like. In order to do that, you got to understand who you are as an investor and got to build your own investor buy box. And you, you got to start creating that knowledge base that you can then leverage to do it. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you know, my world is is largely focused on franchising and and franchise ownership. And, you know, I have a lot of conversations with people where, you know, it's very exploratory for them at that point, right? The idea of business ownership is appealing, franchising something they want to learn more about, but, you know, they're unsure of the timeline and and when it would make sense to really pull the trigger on something. And so they're like, where should I start? And I'm like, well, you know, and, and a lot of it's similar to what you guys are doing. Like, let's let's sit down and really kind of get clear on the vision and and where you're trying to go, because that's obviously going to have an impact on the the right type of franchise. But, um, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I give people is like, just, you know, work with me through my process. Let's get to the point where I can recommend some brands specifically for you, even if it feels like it's way too early to start you know, talking to those brands and really doing the research, that's one of the best things you can do because it's getting those reps, right? Because 
there's tons of franchises out there. They're not all created equally. And you need to get some experience of doing the research on these franchises. Number one, you're just going to get better at, at the research. Number two, what I typically see with people is the more they look at, the more clear they get on what they really want in a in a business. So I, I totally see where you're coming from on that. So so one thing I'm really curious about because you I think you just alluded to this. Um, you know, so so your process with someone really kind of starts with again helping them define what financial freedom looks like for them and you know kind of mapping out where they want to go. The the next step, as I understand it, is you help them figure out what their investor profile is. Talk to us a little bit more about, you know, what do you mean when you say investor profile? What are what are some examples of different investor profiles that that you know you're you're likely to to see in someone that you're working with? Yeah. So the the thing that I know, the reason this, I'm gonna give you a little kind of background to how I came up with this idea the first kind of outside of wall street deal i did was back in 2006 2007 i bought a condo in my college town right timing and <laughs> yeah great timing and uh, for many reasons right great timing because the market was in the at the peak about to crash yeah. secondly the college was building a thousand units and on a campus that they were going to force freshmen to use that I didn't know about, by the way. So lots of things. And I was going to live, you know, two hours away from it and have a third party company manage it. Mm. But what did I know? I I knew that successful people own real estate. I knew a guy who had just converted this apartment complex into condos. He'd made a lot of money doing it. He had a quote unquote deal for me because um, he had sold some to a guy that whose business went under and took him back in kind of the foreclosure process. And he was like, look, I'll give it to you at cost. Had a tenant in it. He's like, it's a win. Well, I won't go through all the headaches of it, but here's what I, I learned is that it was so far from my investor DNA which I didn't even know that term then because yeah. I'm a, I'm a hands-on guy. I love being involved. I love being able to influence the outcome of stuff. I had all of these nephews and nieces or, you know, within a couple of years of going to college at the time, and I thought, Oh, I'm going to be able to send them there. They're going to stay there. By the time my, my youngest gets to college, I'm going to have filled this place up the whole time. Cause who's not going to want to go to the same university that I did. Yeah, right. to this day, I still got no, no, no <laughs> nieces or nephews uh, there, and so I, I was so frustrated with this property, not because it not only didn't make a lot of money, not only because the value dropped, you know, two thirds, uh, you know, overnight it seemed like, but it was just not something I could influence, and so I stopped doing deals. I, I didn't do another deal for almost eleven years. Wow. And it was because I was like, well, this just isn't for me, right? I'm just going to go back to doing business, creating businesses and focusing on that. And that's just the way I'm going to make money. And and I, I'll, I'll build these businesses up and I'll sell them off, you know, when I'm older. Kind of really the same mindset of building money in the market, yeah. <laughs> right? And waiting till I'm older and selling yeah. it off. Well, and, and equity that you can't really touch, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't helping me. So it wasn't until I, I kind of really 
I was listening to a podcast with Tom Wilwright and the 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 founder of Colby's son, and they were talking about doing investment deals and looking at Colby and and seeing kind of how people were wired. And I thought, man, that's really interesting. I never considered that there's this connection between the way that we're wired and the investment deals that make right or wrong. Because usually you just look, what do successful people do? Model it, emulate mm-hmm. it, right? But yet it doesn't quite always work that way because we don't have the same resources. We don't have the same motivations. We don't have the same networks, don't have the same money. You know? Yeah. And, and so we built out this process where we matched up kind of personalities to the investments. So we, we, we right now we call it our investor DNA. Somebody would take a personality assessment, this profile. Mm-hmm. And it'll say, hey, you're D-I-S or C, right? And and then it'll take, you know, all of these different ideas that are out there that we've seen become successful and help reduce it down to a couple that fit closer in line. So, for instance, we, you and I were having a conversation the last time we were talking and, and, and your profile, D-profile, right? Very yeah. driven, dominated. Like, like autonomous, like like to take take advantage of stuff. So you're going to think about things in a very different way. How can I delegate it? How can I scale it? And can it have quick results? Yes. And, and totally. when it can't, it's going to require you to get way involved, then you're going to push away. You're going to yeah. say, nope, that's not my thing. I'm not a details guy. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. it and, and so for us, we built out that we looked at what are the pros to these different things from your vantage point? What are the cons? What are the things that you're going to say, man, I, yeah, I'm going to have to be detail oriented. I'm going to have to get involved here. I'm going to have to partner with someone who is that if, if I'm going to do it. And then what are some of those key factors? Like how much money is going to be involved? How much time is going to be involved? The the little details that we start to think about is like, how do we take a big, huge, you know, universe worth of ideas and and get it down to one or two that we can go deep on to really figure out hey like you said get the reps in figure out if this is my thing yeah and and when i figured that part out and we started sharing that with our community like it was just a light bulb went off for people they're like oh man no wonder you know i've been doing whatever it is right i've been doing this so long because that's what you know, I thought was the best way to do it because someone else was having success in there. But now I realize why I didn't love it. I realized why I really hadn't built a bunch of um, income in it because I really invested a bunch because I didn't really like it. And it just didn't connect with me, but I just didn't understand why I thought maybe I was weird. No, it's when you figure out the things that you're passionate about, that you're connected to, that you can add value to, then you go all in, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, and you you can really do well. I mean, what what is Warren Buffett uh, Warren Buffett's saying about diversification is the um, is when you're diversifying your knowledge, right? Yeah. Uh, and w- when you know what you're gifted at, you know what you're doing, you can go all in. That's what you should be doing. That's where you have the greatest impact and great result. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I, I'm curious in your experience, do you see that someone's uh, investor DNA only really correlates with like this personality assessment, this disc profile, or does some of it have to do with what their experience to date is? And I'll, I'll give you a little context where the question's coming from. Like my wife and I got into business ownership pretty early, you know, in our, our professional lives earlier than a lot of people do kind of just fell backwards into it. But 
we've had, I think, a little bit of head trash around other types of investments because like especially our first franchise, it was, you know, lower cost franchise. And I mean, we knocked it out of the park, right? I mean, we had six figures plus in income in the first year and, you know, it's doubled in some years. Like it's been a really, really good deal for us. And, you know, granted it's a business and, you know, we've put a lot of time and energy into it. It wasn't like we just put some money in and, and, you know, now we've got all this money, but the point is like, I think like we've, we've assessed some different types of investments and, a lot of times we kind of turn our nose up a little bit because we're like, oh, if this goes well, we'll make like 12 grand, you know, in, in the first year after we've put the money in. It's like, you know, we can see the the bigger picture, right? But, you know, I, I wonder if if maybe like what people's experience leading up to, to the point where they're really ready to start diversifying and, and figuring out what their investor DNA is has some impact on on the types of investments that they're going to be be excited by yeah no, no doubt i mean you know it spoke like a true d right there right like <laughs> i'm looking at <laughs> yeah, it i'm just right. not seeing the benefits like you're just i mean i'm telling you man it's just all over you. you're telling me exactly what i expect you to say right like i'm surrounded <laughs> yeah. by guys like you that's yeah. what successful entrepreneurs are usually made up of, of, of the you know dominant d profile and it's one of those things where that's because you are driven, you're focused and you're saying, I'm going to put this effort in. I'm I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to to grind. But what's going to be the benefit? What's going to be the so what to it? And yeah, all, 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 all things are going to be focused to that. And so you have to be able to see that in order for you to get excited. Man, yeah. there's so many there's so many avenues to to grow in this area. And we're all learning but it's when you invest from a, a, a point of experience. So I'll give you one more little framework. It, you know, we're in Alabama, right? So uh, we're, we're truly rednecks. At least my business partner and I are in Alabama. Our team's all over. the. But uh, when, I, when I say to us, I usually refer to he and I. So we, we have a redneck motor. You know, it's M-O-T-E-R. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's your acronym <laughs> for you. The redneck motor. You remember this. So there's five things required to do deals, right? But you don't need to have all five. Okay. Sometimes you need to have one, two, three, four, five, but it, you need something in there. And so if you remember this acronym, it'll help you. One, the M, money. That's easy, right? Everybody yeah. thinks I got to have money to do deals. Well, it's great. If you have money, you can do deals. But if you don't have money, you're going to need some other things. So the O is opportunities. So okay. just in the fact of being able to do a deal, you got to have opportunities. So if I'm sitting in your seat, right, and I get to see all of these different franchises, get to see all of these different opportunities, and you've seen so many and you've seen what works, you've seen what doesn't, that was, that's what makes you an ex uh, excellent coach consultant. You, you know ahead of time, yeah. you know, you know what a good deal looks like. So an opportunity is worth a lot. People will partner money with you if you have that opportunity. Yeah. The other two things that are typically needed is T for time, E for experience. For right. some people, yeah. they have no time, right? And so they have to put in the money or they have to bring the opportunity. We were talking about that earlier, right? Some people yeah. are in a position where they got more time than money. Some people are in the position where they got more money than time. And those two are partnering together constantly. The experience, 
Man, I have a, a business partner. This guy has done, you know, a hundred different exits. He's done some in the billions of dollars. Wow. This guy gets more deal flow than anybody you know. It's just sick how people are just in his uh, DMs constantly. Would you please help me? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I'll give you 10, 20, 30% of the deal. If you would just kind of consult with me, give me experience around this situation, right? Because he has that experience. That experience is worth so much. So people are out there gaining experience or doing something to figured it out. Man, you can partner with a lot of money. The R in this of this redneck motor is relationships. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have relationships. Re- relationships are the accelerator. Too often times we feel like we're just flying down this road by ourselves. We're in a silo environment, and we have nobody to collaborate with. And if we're not collaborating, man, we're gonna get left behind. You you think, oh, I've got the greatest idea. I can't tell anybody else because they're gonna steal it. Man, that's. Yeah. That's scarcity. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got to live in abundance. And and that relationships, just constantly seeing people sharing ideas with others. One of my uh, guys that's in our mastermind, Mark Podolsky, the land geek, uh, he, he found a, an amazing idea of how to buy raw land and turn around and sell it on notes to people like a car payment. So he buys a you know, $5,000 piece of property, turns around and sells it for like $300 a month for the next six years to somebody on Facebook marketplace. And he's done that to the tune of where he's done, I don't know, three, 4,000 deals. Wow. And he, he said, you know, I, there's no, there's so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres in the, you know, available today in, in almost any County you go to, I can't do it all. I don't have enough money. So he right. started teaching people how to do that. And, by us having built a relationship with him and learning that, and because that he had a, an abundant mindset, we've built almost 20000 a month in passive income just from that one idea alone. So it's so it's so fun when you know that there's five things to do a deal, but we don't have to get hung up on just one. Yeah. If I don't have the money, I start working in those other four. That's such good context and and I think a really good way of thinking about it and quick story to back up everything you're saying. So when we were getting started and and like first started thinking about business ownership, like I'd been working in franchising for a while. So, you know, that's what kind of got the the juices flowing and sparked some ideas. I mean, we're in our late twenties. We just had our first kid. Like we didn't have really the resources to go out. So we didn't have the the M. We didn't have the money. We had, you know, T time and and a little bit of the the oh the opportunity because i'd been you know kind of in this franchise world for a little bit so i had a mentor that you know was the exact opposite of us right he had experience and he had money and and i guess together we had you know a little bit of the the r the relationship so and he'd done a couple of these other deals right where he'd invested in franchises put up the majority of the capital had someone operate it and you know essentially earn earn sweat equity and so i mean that's that's how we got into our our first deal um so it's it's exactly what you i'd never really stopped to like think about it that clearly though that there's like these five things that are needed but you don't necessarily need all five of them on your own. Um, I think that's a really cool way of, of thinking about it. If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize 
that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out, and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected, and I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. So walk us through wealth without Wall Street, right? You guys have a lot going on, you know, a lot that someone you know, could really tap into if they, and then you've, you've kind of referenced the community a few times you've referenced, you know, the mastermind group. So like for, for, I mean, use me as an example, right. I'm not a part of your community at least yet. Right. So like, where should someone like myself start? Um, and, and what are the different opportunities that could be available to me by plugging into the, the wealth without wall street community? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes people are listening to this podcast and they say, I, I want exactly what you're talking about. I know that I want more time. I know what it's costing me not to get there. And I just haven't figured out that this is the simplest route to go. And they jump on a 15 minute call with one of our coaches and they just have that clarity moment. And, and our coaches will then just clearly, you know, help them start to strategize those next steps, right? And that may lead to them, you know, going deeper, you know, kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching with that person to to dive through their scenario, start to figure out what their investor DNA is, start to figure out where money is located. How are they going to get access to it? What are they going to do with it based upon that investor DNA? How are they going to build their investor buy box? All those steps, right? Like that's a path that some people take. Uh, for others, they're like, man, I need to just continue to know what this is about. I need to see what other people are doing. And they they go to the app store and they download Wealth Without Wall Street's app and, and they jump in because it's free. And in there, they, they, may, they may take some courses. They may just sit in there and ask questions and they may participate um, you know, to figure out what is that, that thing that they're looking for? Because maybe they haven't done it or they come to an event that we have and, and they're like, man, okay, now, now 
I'm being around others and seeing that this isn't just in just Russ and West talking about it, right? There, right? There are thousands of people that are actually following this process and having yeah. success. And and maybe they're listening to our podcast because our, our goal in our podcast is to highlight people who are actually doing it, right? Like people that are either on in our community having success or people who are, you know, sharing passive income strategies that are having success that could give them, you know, courage to take that own process. So I don't really care exactly where they they start. Um, I'd send them, if you want to, I'd send them to wealthwattwallstreet.com forward slash path to freedom. Yeah. And on there, they can like find entry to any of those things I just talked about. Cool. That'll be in the the show notes, easy for everyone to to find and, and to get to. So but but basically though, if someone wanted to, you know, formally engage you know, with wealth without Wall Street, it's, it's essentially a coaching service that we're talking about here, right? People are not actually investing money with you guys in terms of like, hey, here's a hundred grand, go find a deal for me to put this into. They're they're essentially getting coaching services from you guys, everything from creating the vision, the the investor DNA. And then, you know, really giving them some good education and some guidance in terms of, okay, now that we kind of know what your investor DNA is, we've helped you figure out like how you can access some of the resources that you already have. Here's where we would recommend that you really, you know, focus in terms of starting to to make some other types of investments. Is that is that a fair way to describe it or, or what would you add or clarify? To that yeah no i think you did a really good job there our our goal is to equip you right to equip you to become the best investor you possibly can be and you know if you're already the greatest investor you're already knocking it out of the park right like we're we're, to, we're not the group for you right our, our goal is for people who ha- have been working really hard making a lot of money having success in business but really need to figure out how do I take that active income and turn it into passive income? Yeah. And when you, you learn that there is a way to do that, but you just don't know how to do it. You don't know what the strategy is. Then you got to partner with people who do. So all of our coaches, by the way, have been doing this process, become successful. Many of them were all clients of ours, people who actually became financially free, left the jobs that they didn't kind of what weren't passionate about anymore and decided, hey, I'd love to like share this with other people. That's the reason they came to to work with us, which is so fun because we they they're doing it because they want to, not because they have to. Yeah, and you know well, the thing that led me to right. What's that? What a testament to yeah. to the value that they got that they now want to be a part of it and and help give that same value to others. Well, and the thing that I you know I didn't share this, and you know this is the thing that what led us to this whole point, my business partner and I, you know, really successful, what we were already doing somewhere else. But then the thing that I learned when the market crashed in 08, and and I'm not predicting the market crashing, there's a lot of things pointing to we're at the edge of the crash again. And the thing I learned in the last crash is that when I didn't have control, I didn't have the ability to influence the outcome. I was palms to the sky, just subject to whatever it was going to do to me. And the one thing I learned, I learned this concept called infinite banking about getting my money in a place that I can control. 
And I started doing that. I mean, for you know, 10 years plus, I was just stacking cash, utilizing that concept of infinite banking. But it wasn't until then when I actually started interviewing people on our podcast and I started learning what people were doing with money, it led me to all of these other ideas. And so, you know, the the part about this is that you may be listening to this and say, man, I just don't know where to start. And and, and the, one of our coaches is going to walk you through a process to help you have vision for where you are. They also can help you figure out, hey, where, where's our cash? You know, is it is it in a place we can control? Is it a place that we can take advantage of it? And maybe they'll share that concept of infant banking with you. Maybe you're already in a position of cash and you're like, okay, now where do I go? So then they start helping you walk through the investor DNA, helping you build your investor buy box. So then you know what to do. Maybe you need to be around other people who are doing this at a really high level. So that's why we built these masterminds. Like it was just like they, people kept asking us, okay, what next? What next? What next? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. We, we were like, okay, well, let, let's get a small group of people together who really want to have conversations about this. And let's bring in specific people who are going to help, you know, curate this information and then we can learn from them. And then we know what to do. And maybe sometimes we partner with each other. Maybe sometimes we used the the experience of others so we don't have to gain that experience we can borrow it not to pay retail for it. well there's there's a ton of value in that you know i th- i think just kind of um <clears throat> you know accumulating all of that in one place you know where someone can kind of have one place to turn to not only get clear on where they are and where they're trying to go and and what's the best blueprint blueprint for them to get there but then you know, to have all of these added resources, like, okay, you want to learn about, you know, multifamily real estate investing, here's someone that we recommend that's part of our community that can help with this, you want to learn about, you know, infinite banking, or, or whatever it may be. Um, I've seen this through this, this, you know, fitness program that I joined at the beginning of the year it was pretty expensive for a fitness program, right? But they've got nutritional experts, they've got mindset experts. And, you know, for me, it helped just cut through all of the noise because I bought into, you know, their way of thinking about it. And and so I kind of was able to just put blinders on to everything else out there in terms of, hey, this is the protocol for, you know, losing fat and gaining muscle is just like, follow the program, take advantage of the other experts and resources that, you know, were available through this group. And I mean, it's, it's been hugely valuable. So it, it feels to me like you guys have done something very similar, you know, just in the, the financial realm. So, so basically someone's got kind of options to, you know, you've got a ton of free resources out there, the podcast, um, you know, eBooks, uh, we'll, we'll put the link in the website uh, or to the, the website in the show notes. That's going to be a great starting point for anyone, but ton of free resources for the person that just wants to really start educating themselves. But for someone that's really ready to engage, you've got one-on-one coaching options. You've got mastermind options. All of that's going to kind of plug you into this community that, that you just described. And it sounds like it's kind of an ever- evolving ever growing community um that's just gonna keep uh keep expanding man I, i'm excited just to watch it grow bro like i mean yeah I bet. Se- se- seven years ago my business partner and i were having a conversation about doing a podcast just to share ideas of clients who are coming in our office locally telling us about the cool things they were doing and we 
we started talking into these microphones and we started realizing there were so many people across the U S and even, you know, Canada and some foreign countries that were like, Hey, wait a second. I need to be learning how to do this. I need to be, um, you know, building this same sort of thing for my family. And it just has continued to grow. So I don't know where it's going to be in five years. I just love watching people, um, show us what, what, what's next. What do we need to be working on next in order to all of us level up? Because we all win when, when we're doing stuff. I'm learning from the collaboration within the group. So, you know, Joey and I, my business partner, we share every single month our passive income report, and we're constantly sharing the wins, the losses. And the, those lessons that we're gaining are so valuable. And and a lot of times we're, we're hearing from our members. We're like, hey, by the way, um, you're doing this over here. Let me show you how to enhance that. Let me show you how to improve that. And if we weren't talking about it, we would have never gotten that feedback. We would never learn that there was better ways to do some of these things. And oh. I think that that's what's so important. And I encourage you as you're listening to this, as you guys start talking about it, money used to be said, oh, this is taboo. You can't talk about it. Man, I tell you, my kids... They, they know pretty close to how much money I make. They they know the things that we're buying. And it's yeah. not meant to, to be proud in it, right? Sure. It's meant to make it normal. So my kids go to our events. So my 13-year-old and my 15-year-old will be with me in Nashville, Tennessee here uh, in a week. My uh, my 15-year-old and my 18-year-old will be with me in October uh, at our event in Denver. That's it, awesome. We want to make it as normal as possible because I, I think – that that was the part I didn't have. I grew up with a school yeah. teacher mom and a contractor dad, man. I didn't know money. And yeah. it took me this long to get to a point where I have a, a decent understanding. I want my kids to far exceed that because they weren't held back. Sure. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And, I, you know, it's just it's taking those proactive steps forward. Right. So and then everyone's at a different point on, you know, their their own path to financial freedom. But I think talking about it educating yourself uh is is a step that anyone can take at any point on the the path that they're on um so so a lot of this kind of started because you guys were teaching infinite banking is that right yeah we were that kind of how you know people knew us we were the kind of the go-to people um in our city and state for that and we got a couple calls from people out of state because we, the, if you've ever, never heard of this, if you, um, there's a great book that really describes it called Becoming Your Own Banker. And the author of that book actually lived in our hometown, Birmingham. Oh, really? I met, I met him at a conference several different times. I'd flown all over the country, saw him in New Orleans, saw him in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, but the last time I saw him, I was in Orlando, Florida. It was January, 2009, right after the market really had started to crash. And, and that's when I, my, you know, my ears were open, my eyes were able to see. And, um, I, I was like, I got to learn this message. And I, I bought his book. I read it on the way back from uh, Orlando to Birmingham. And I turned the book over and on the back of it, it said his address, Birmingham, Alabama. And I thought, are you kidding me? This guy's in my backyard, <laughs> in my backyard the whole time. <laughs> And so I, I, I just made it my mission to, he didn't know he, he had become my mentor at that time, but I made it my mission to, to make him it. And for the next 10 years before he passed away in, uh, in his eighties, um, I spent a lot of time with him and my business partner. And because of that, it, 
it, it gave us an understanding and expertise in that and it gave us ability to stack a bunch of cash but then again it just begged the question what to do next and yeah. the podcast has just opened up the door for us over the last six seven years to to figure out what to do next and to start taking action yeah that's so cool that's that's a cool story um so to, before we kind of wrap this up and this is more just coming from sheer personal curiosity but you know i've heard you know a fair amount here and there about infinite banking but you know as we've already mentioned several times in this conversation there's a lot of noise out there so can you give us like a you know one to two minute dumbified version of you know what is infinite banking what are the benefits of it and you know how would someone get started if if they really wanted to to start you know taking advantage of of that type of a strategy yeah no that's good i, I will tell you this that one to two minutes is is hard right like um <laughs> okay nelson nash had to say and i heard him say this because i would i'd put him on the spot and say nelson would you share you know with our our group here infinite banking and he said you know it's like a Feel like a nudist, or feel like a mosquito at a nudist colony. Uh, I know what to do, but I just know where to start. You know, so it, there, there's good. so there, there's a lot to this. The, the basic premise is though is that we have to recognize that we can't take advantage of opportunities we don't have access to cash. Yeah, and we have to realize that our cash has a cost, right? So too often times we we borrow money and we see the cost and we're so we're like, man, I got to avoid paying interest. But we we forget that when we stack cash and we pay cash for things, we give up what that interest could have been, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what infinite banking is doing is really stacking cash in a really safe place. It's using dividend paying life insurance as a as the instrument, right? It's just a better uh, mousetrap for your cash than your checking account or savings account. And it's forcing us to account for the expense of using money. And so Basically, what people would do is what I'll just tell you what I've done, right? Yeah. I set up this system. I've expanded it as I've grown my businesses, as I've, my family's grown, as uh, my business partnerships have grown. I've, I've basically been stuffing cash in here. And when I find an opportunity, I borrow against that cash that's there and I go do the investment. And the beauty of the investments that work, right? The businesses that I invest in that make money, I got to have a place for that cash to go. And because I've set up this system, I have a place for it to go back to that's not sitting in a checking account, not, you know, subject to creditors, not subject to taxes when it gets back there, you know, not subject to me being able to spin it out of my bank account on the next whim. Yeah. It's a place that that's safe and I can I can do it. And so what, it, what I can do, though, is I see that that money multiplying and growing forever and I can just keep leveraging, borrowing against it to do deals. And so that's the simplified version. And There's it's a, all I mean, done through life insurance. Yeah. So we're using a tool that exists, right? And then we're using very specific elements that was given to it. So, of course, the insurance companies, they never built these insurance policies to do that specific thing. Right. But we're just utilizing the tool because it's the best tool. If you think about, like, you, you have a house and you're building equity in a house, right? Um that's what we're doing. We're building equity in a life insurance policy. The difference is, is that I don't have to go to the bank uh, or to the insurance company like I do the bank and show them my tax returns and that I still employed in order to get a loan. I can just go to them. And the two questions they ask me is how much do you want and where do you want us to send it? And so just like the bank, though, I can only get access to what I have in there. 
Right. So I guess that's my follow-up question is how long, or, or maybe the better question is how much does someone need to start with to get to that point where they can actually start, you know, essentially storing some cash there, borrowing it from it, from it when they're ready to to go out and make an investment. Um, what, what is, what does that typically look like? What, like what, what should someone plan for if they want to leverage that strategy? Are we talking hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands? Like, what do you kind of need to get that, that ball rolling? There's not an answer to that. I wish there was. If there was a one size fits all, man, my life would be so much easier as it relates to this. Here, <laughs> yeah, here, you and me here are both, the key I get principles. It. One, you got to think long range, right? You, you and I are going to to die at some point. We just don't know when, right? It may be five years from now, maybe five minutes from now, maybe 50 years from now. And so we don't know how long that is. We got to think long range, though. So whatever that time frame is, second premise is we can't be afraid to put money in. So wherever we're storing cash right now, wherever we're saving our um, our discretionary money, that's what usually people start with. Some people, that's a small number. For some people, that's a large number. How much can we borrow against, right? Well, that's subject to how much we put in there. So here's an example. I, I got a guy named Sid. He's putting in you know $15,000 a year. He starts out. He he just says, man, this is just going to be a place for to put my extra money. I'm making my business. I don't need to touch it. Year two, he gets in there. He says, man, you know, I, I've got an opportunity. Uh, I need $20,000. Okay, goes and takes a loan and gets it, takes his $20,000, does investment. Well, that's available. I got a guy who's been, you know, saving money, doing investing at a high level. He's like, Russ, I'm sitting on, you know, half a million dollars sitting in cash right now. I got $50,000 a month that I need to put somewhere. I've just been stuffing it into a checking account. And he just, he turns all of that and he puts it into his system here. And then he calls us seven days later and says, hey, by the way, I got a mobile home park that I can buy. I, you know, um, I need, I need 400,000 for the down payment. He, he takes a loan for the 400,000. He does his deal. So the, the numbers are, you know, scale, right? You can borrow yeah. against what you have access and equity, right? So for the person who's putting in a little, they're going to have access to a little, um, there's for the people who are putting in a lot, they got access to a lot and that, that it's makes all sense. relative to your situation is a, okay. So maybe, maybe the, the question I was really getting at is how much can you borrow? So if I say I take a hundred grand and, and put it in, you know, to start this, do I have access to all of that a hundred grand or is it, do I have access to only a percentage of that? And then what does the repayment look like? I assume you're you're paying interest in some form or fashion. What does that look like? And and maybe because I'm sitting here thinking like, because I don't have any of this in place right now, I have a stock portfolio with a line of credit, mm. you know, that I have yeah. access to. And, you yeah. know, I would pay back that line of credit with with an interest rate. So, like, how do those two options compare yeah. to each other? Maybe yeah, that that's a great example, right? So, your t stock portfolio, roughly, what percentage of your portfolio will they let you take a lot of credit? I believe against? it's it's like seventy five or eighty. I believe right. So, it's whatever that underlying investment. There's some, yeah. you know, if you're more um, crypto based or something like that, maybe forty or fifty percent, right? Depends yeah, on the volatility of the asset. Right. So for us, we can borrow against roughly 95% oh, wow. of the equity, okay. right? So just to kind of compare, right? 
So if I had a hundred thousand of cash value and I had a hundred thousand in my stock portfolio, you can kind of say, well, I'm gonna have access of line of credit 75 to 80 over here. I'm gonna have access to 95. Now, yeah. okay. how much is available when you put in is all determined on how you set it up. And those numbers can vary. So I'm not going to give a number because it could be all over the board. Okay. And there's reasons why it should be all over the board. Um, but yeah, you can get a line of credit against about 95% of what you're doing. And the on your line of credit against your stock portfolio, what's the repayment terms? Um, I'd have to look because we've never actually borrowed anything from it we we just kind of have it there if we we need it or want it um i i don't even know off the top matt we've set this up within the last 12 months um so you know wherever interest rates have kind of been you know over the last 12 months or so yeah so for the way it works against our life insurance policies one it's unstructured meaning that if i take a loan from the insurance company they're not going to send me a bill 30 days later saying, Russ, you took a $100,000 loan at 5% interest. You owe us $416.66, right? Okay. They're not going to do that. Okay. The, the, the interest accrues daily, right, on an interest-only basis. I have the ability to pay it back. If I pay it back, it's just going to then reduce my balance. So the difference between a loan on an insurance contract, we – we use the word loan, but it's so much different, right? A loan is really nothing more than a prepayment of the death benefit. I'm going to say that again. A loan against an insurance policy is the prepayment of the death benefit. Yeah, that makes example. sense. Yeah. So if you had a million-dollar death benefit, for instance, you took a $100,000 loan. If you died, they're going to give your wife $900,000, right? So I took a prepayment on it. Now, yeah. I took a $100,000 loan, and I paid back. I got a windfall, you know, six months in, I paid 20,000 back, right? It's going to reduce that lien against my death benefit. My death benefit is going to increase, but it's unstructured, meaning I, I can pay it back. If I do, I'm increasing my death benefit back. I'm increasing my ability to borrow against it again, but also I'm not required. So right. what our business owners love about this. So somebody starting a franchise, this is where this becomes really healthy. And I know we're late in this game and I, I might have to go in just a second, but no problem. Here's how a franchisee loves this. Any business owner, right? We start our business and what is it? First two, three years, we're, we, we're going to invest money in. We know we're investing money in, right? Like it's not going to be a cash flow engine right off the bat, right? We're, we're yeah, looking sure. to invest two, three years, get this thing going, yep. and then start reaping the rewards of our um, you know, our hard work. So I'm going to invest money in. I'm going to need more money. Well, if I if I take money from someplace, I don't want to create another payment, right? That's going to create another cramp on my cash flow. Sure. It creates a lot of burden. That's the reason why business owners end up starting to use cash because they're like, I can't have the, the payment. Yeah. The problem is, yeah. is when they take that cash, right? If you I, you know, sold whatever the asset was, that asset doesn't exist anymore. Right. But yeah. when we, when we do it, if I have this hundred thousand over here uh, in my insurance contract, it's still growing each and every year for the next three, five, 10, 50 years, however long I live. Right. But when I want to, if I have to borrow it to inject it as capital into the business, I don't generate a payment back to the insurance company. And so when I my business starts paying off and I have this extra money, what can I do? I can take that money. I can start repaying that loan. And I still got the benefit of that cash have grown over the same amount of time. Not what it was in there 
after I took the loan, but the full amount the whole time. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And and I know we we've gone a little long and, uh, you know, infinite banking wasn't necessarily what you were here to talk about today, but that just explained it to me so much better than any of the other stuff. I've even had one or two people on the podcast talking about infinite banking and, you know, they kind of lost me like 15 minutes in, I think. So, um, that, <laughs> that was good. Um, and, and maybe, maybe we'll have you on, uh, uh, another time because there's a lot more that, you know, I'd love to ask you about and, and to pick your brain on. So, uh, Russ really appreciate it, man. Um, ton of value here uh guys go check out the link that's in the show notes go to the website check out the podcast um lot of free resources out there um but russ personally i've learned a lot from you and just the the little bit that uh you know we've had a chance to talk so thanks for everything that you're doing out there i think it's super important and uh really encourage everyone to go check out wealth without wall street That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at path2frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in. Thank you.